This is Stella with LX2 Codependency Coaching. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. And um, we're going to have a conversation today about acceptance on all the levels. So um, I wanted to kind of share a little bit about my process. I know that I've talked about it before, but as we approach uh, four years of doing a podcast, which is kind of nuts if you think about it. I started the podcast in 2017 uh, with my good friend Kat, and originally it was called X to the Zennial. We did it for three years, uh, which was really cool. And um, one of our, well, the, one of the most popular um, podcasts episodes is on uh, anxiety, loneliness, and depression. Um, the sound quality is not great, but it's a, it's a good content. It was one of our first ones, um, and it still continues to get a lot of hits. So I'm super grateful for that. Uh, Kat gifted me the platform to continue using it for LX2 Codependency Coaching, which was very kind. Um, I had lunch with her uh, earlier this week, and it was really nice to catch up and connect. Um, I have recognized that I continue to do these really um, significant things. They're significant for me because my life is the only perspective I have. Um, and I, I recognize that not everyone does the things that I do. Um, I was talking to someone last week or this week. I don't know. I talk to people all the time. Uh, but I was talking about the fact that like, I'm a full year now in July, July to July. Um, and I've done these really big things and I don't say that to brag. I say that to, um, acknowledge for myself that these are significant things that I've done. And so I, um, I set off you know, on, on this trip. And I, I went to these really cool places and in doing so, I also went to these really cool places in myself, um, to get to this level of self-love. And one of the first steps of self-love is self-acceptance. Um, oftentimes, and especially just in, in the human condition, we have a lot of hope, um, and we have a lot of expectation for, the kinds of relationships that we want to have with human beings. Uh, what I know to be true is nothing is more humbling than your family uh, <laughs> because they, you know, have seen you in a lot of different versions of yourself. Um, and I have had the pleasure of having uh, a significant family with a lot of perspectives and uh, they can be very, they can definitely knock me down. They could give a fuck who I am or what I say or what I do. Um, and then they are supportive to whatever degree that they are, can be supportive. Um, but they have also, um, you know, in truth said that, uh, you know, it's difficult for them to participate in uh, supporting me on this journey um, just because it, it's very raw and it's very real. And I am, I am very me, <laughs> all the versions of myself um, throughout the process. And so... I do recognize that that's not easy for everyone because I am looking at my life through my lens, my perspective, the way that I see it. And um, we all have our own version of reality uh, because it's based on our experiences and our perspective, how we see things based on our own healing and growing and, and changing. Um, and hopefully, you know, throughout our lives that we do grow, heal and change. What I know to be true is... <laughs> In order to love all of your parts at the same time, you have to get to a level of acceptance of where you are and 
the behaviors that you're doing and the choices that you're making. And it is very difficult and it can be super challenging to make changes when we are not at a level of acceptance of the reality that we are living in. That said, um, I talk a lot about my accountability buddy uh, and I have a few really great people in my life who see all my parts at the same time and are accepting of who I am um, as an evolving, growing, changing human. I made a, a TikTok earlier today talking about the fact that uh, I, I am still a human being who is growing and changing and evolving. And even though I know a lot about codependency and I know a lot about boundaries and I know a lot about uh, you know, mental health stuff because I've been practicing for a long time, uh, I'm still a person who is going through these things and I own my own struggles and I own uh, my own behaviors and uh, the song, you know, Back on My Bullshit <laughs> comes up in my brain a lot because I recognize I can do bad all by myself. I don't have to, you know, I, I will make choices and do things and break my own heart and all those things. Uh, because I'm a human being and, and we do those things, right? So I, when I think about loving all of my parts at the same time, it is about being accepting of who I have been and who I am trying to be. And if I don't look at with truth and honesty who I am and how I show up, I can't continue to grow and change. A lot of times people will get stuck or stagnant in who they are because this is just how I am. Uh, the word obfuscation is one of my favorite words because it minimizes things to I am just this, right? Um, we are not ever just one thing. Uh, we have so many facets and parts to ourselves. There's a multiplicity to how we show up in the world. And I've talked before about um, compartmentalizing the, you know, the, the different aspects or parts of ourselves. And certainly in relationships, we compartmentalize a lot of things and show up uh, to our level of growth and healing in those relationships. What I know to be true is in order to love me, I have to be the most authentic version of myself every day. I have to live in my own head and in my own heart. And I have to trust my intuition that what I am doing is the best for me. That does not mean that it is going to be the best for everyone. And so as I have these conversations uh, on the podcast or when I do my workshops or even in conversation with clients, um, what I am reflecting is a, an alternate perspective, right? Um, I talk, I've talked about clients often that my, I am not the expert in anybody's life other than my own. And even then I can get a little deluded. My job is to reflect a different perspective and look at it from not their distress or anxiety or frustration, their own, um, view of how they see themselves, but to really reflect back to them what they say to me and say, you know, based on what, what I heard you say is active listening. Um, this is, this is what I have seen. And this is the behavior, um, from a neutral place. I can do that with a client because my emotional investment is in their goal, right? If your goal is to manage your anxiety, if your goal is to work past your trauma or your fear or your sadness or whatever, then this is your opportunity to do it based with someone who is neutral and objective, right? So that is the, the core of therapy is to speak it out and get it out of your body and then have it be reflected to you from a neutral place. And um, 
a long time ago uh, when I was still in graduate school, we had an assignment and we had to speak to people who know us well at the time and ask if, uh, you know, if we'd be good at this. And I had two really close friends who said, yes, absolutely. Like you're empathetic and you're compassionate and, um, you know, you have a, a better way of looking at things than other people, which I was super grateful for. And then I asked one of my sisters and she said no. <laughs> and that was hard to hear. Um, and she said no from her own perspective. <clears throat> she said that I can be really critical, which is true. She said that I can be very judgmental, also true. Uh, and she said I was an asshole, which also true. And I have said, and I say all the time, like, I am an asshole. Um, it did not stop me. And uh, it definitely made me reflect how I can be an asshole. I can be a jerk. I can be critical. I can be judgmental. I can be all of those things. And so in accepting that answer, I could then make changes so that that was not the only way that I can be in, you know, functional as a therapist. Um, I have said to people often, and certainly my clients will tell you, it's kind of my goal to make you uncomfortable and not from a critical place, but to reflect things in a way that is jarring so that you can make changes or choices to address the behavior or circumstance or situation. And oftentimes I can do that in a very direct way. Um, I have been described as blunt. I have been described as um, aggressive, if not assertive. I have been described as honest. Um, and I know that those things are hard sometimes. I have told clients and I have told other, you know, therapists and, and people in my community uh, that my way of doing therapy is not the only way of doing therapy. What I know to be true is clients that see me and align with who I am as a therapist, um, they appreciate that. They don't need somebody to hold their hand. They don't need somebody to commiserate. They don't need somebody to pity them. They don't need somebody to use them. sympathy. They need somebody who can reflect to them what the truth is, and then they can choose what to do from there. What I also know is I am really good at tools. I am really good at reframing. I am really good at using skills and teaching skills so that clients get better. And I say that because it's true. Um, you know, I grew up practice from simply word of mouth and people would go to their family and their friends and they would say, this woman is super helpful in being able to do these things. So my sister at the time, uh, before I was even a therapist, saw one perspective and, you know, has definitely supported me in my growth to continue to challenge me to be a better version of myself. I had to get to the level of acceptance in order to make those changes. And I can still say that, yes, I can be judgy and yes, I can be critical. And as a human being out in the world, that is true. In the room, not so much. And I have been able to cultivate a level of empathy that is disconnected enough and boundaried enough to be able to help clients and people in my life see things from a different perspective. So, you know, back to the accountability buddy, I trust my accountability buddies because they see all of my parts without judgment. They ask questions from curiosity and they support me to the best of their ability. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to have that level of support and accountability.
when we are in a space of wanting change, oftentimes that will come from a place of discomfort. And so I like to use this idea of contrast. So here is a version of what the reality is, and here is where you want to get. In order to bridge that gap, we have to make choices and changes. I posted a video uh, from Jocko Willink, who uh, is a former Marine, and he teaches um, really great skills on like business and seeing things from a different perspective, but he sees things from his military. He's a former Navy SEAL uh, from his military background, and he is not a soft and squishy creature uh, in the way that he delivers his message. So if you get an opportunity, check out, it's in my story. Um, but he talks about discipline and in order to cultivate discipline, you have to be honest with yourself. Um, and I agree 100%. And you have to look at what the actual situation is in order to change it. I can tell you that I have been in a lot of situations where I put blinders on and I'm just like, I'm just not going to look at the fucking red flags. I'm not going to look at the situation for what it is. And it's not until I take down the blinders and truly look at the situation, am I able to change it? And with discipline and conscious choice, I can make changes, whatever that is, right? I can take a leap of faith and trust myself in order to, you know, jump off this significant cliff that was leaving the life that I was comfortable with and doing something that is unconventional and then also diving deep into looking at myself 100%, seeing all of my parts at the same time with a level of acceptance. Acceptance especially of yourself, is really difficult. It is not something that we, um, you know, we often do because I don't want to be called out on my bullshit. And I definitely don't want to call myself out because I can be really mean to myself as we can all be. You know, I talk about self-talk often because how we talk to ourselves is that motivator. And for some people, being more aggressive with yourself can be motivating. But when we're using shame and when we're using, uh, you know, self-doubt and when we're using insecurity and when we're using fear, then we're not going to get to that place that we need to get in order to change the behavior. We're just going to be critical of it, right? And so that's why being critical and judgmental is not helpful in connection and building relationship. Building relationship with yourself is a matter of saying, yes, I acknowledge that this is what I have done. I have, you know, put myself in this shitty relationship or I have put myself in this predicament or situation. And I, I know here and here that if I am kind to myself and, you know, acknowledge and with acceptance recognize, okay, this is who I have been. This is what I have done. This is, you know, whatever situation it is in the, you know, along the journey of, of my trip and, and writing the essays and doing podcasts and all of the things, I mean, you know, I have had to be very um, intentional with accepting those parts of myself that accepted less, um, that behaved in a way that I am not super proud of, uh, that made the choices that I made at the time because of the situation or circumstance that I was in. And also recognizing that if I want to do better, now that I know better, I have to consciously choose that. That is kind of this place where if you can get to the sweet spot of accepting every part of yourself for what it was without 
criticism or judgment and really looking at how do I want to be better? What are my options in order to do that? Now, oftentimes people will do this journey of self-discovery with other people uh, and generally a professional who is objective, who can say, hey, be nice to yourself. I did not choose that path. I went and did it on my own. That said, I did choose a couple really good people to take on the journey with me in my ear, uh, in my mind, you know, who were able to, to see me and hold space and um, without criticism, without judgment, but with curiosity, tell me more about that. What is that behavior about? That must have been really hard with empathy and patience in the way that they taught me how to love myself better. So I recognize that to get to that level of acceptance, I had to do it with kindness. And so with, you know, with, with therapy and certainly working with, with clients and people, I work from a place of kindness. I am not a nice lady. I will tell you that 100%. I will not fake it. I will tell you hard truths. I will, you know, look at all of the things I have talked in the past about how I do therapy is we pull everything out of the hoarder's basement. A lot of times when we shove down feelings or shove down old experiences or shove down trauma or whatever it is, we have to get it out. We have to give it air. We have to put it out on the lawn like they do in the hoarder show and look at all the pieces and say, okay, I get it. Like this is a thing that has, has been really difficult and challenging. This is an old skill or tool that you used all the time. Oftentimes we use a hammer every time when it's what we really need is tweezers <laughs> or, you know, uh, some kind of exacting tool or something that is not so damaging, right? When we get to the level of acceptance of these are the things that I have done in the past, I don't want to keep doing them. I don't want to keep choosing these relationships. I don't want to keep choosing these partners. I don't want to keep criticizing myself or, or being a jerk to myself or having, you know, anxiety every time I get on a plane or, you know, have to go into a situation, then we look at a different way of approaching it because I'm not going through that situation, but I can imagine with empathy what it's like to be in those situations. That said, oftentimes I have been able to use those same skills and tools with myself to get to these places. Um, and I, I continue to do it, right? I talk a lot about, um, self-love from this place of recognizing and reframing how we look at ourselves as human beings, as bodies, as, you know, mothers, as, as sisters, as parents, um, as daughters and, uh, or sons or whatever. Um, but recognizing that I can and have been very critical and judgmental about myself. Um, specific to like body image, right? Like I, I tell clients who come in with like, this is a, this is a thing I want to work on. Um, you know, cool. I, I get that you want to be healthier for whatever reason, uh, but you got to get to a place where you accept the body that you have, and then you can set goals to change that if that's what you want to do. Um, I want to have a better relationship with my partner. Okay. I hear that. Uh, let's take a look at what you're doing now and how we could do it differently. Whether or not you bring in your partner is up to you. How you behave is your decision, your choice. You get to look at how you show up with a level of acceptance and then make the changes, right? How other people behave, how other people accept that, how other people receive it, that is a them problem, not a you problem. 
people have a hard time with that concept. I have had a hard time with that concept in the past. Um, but really recognizing like, what can I change? What can I control? Well, I can control me, my choices and my behaviors. Those are the only things that we can control. We can't control our emotions. I wish we could, but you know, we are based, our feelings are stimulus response. Um, I can't control my thoughts all the time. What I can do is check my facts and work through to find the truth and then tell myself the truth, right? But that takes skill. That takes a level of looking at what the thoughts are and am I coming from a place of fear or am I coming from a place of love? Um, when I think about choices and behavior as an existential therapist, recognizing that our choices are what create meaning and we attach meaning to so many things, I have to be accepting that the meaning that I create is my choice. And once, and, and we've talked about like recontextualizing the narrative that we've told ourselves forever, of this is just who I am, again, that obfuscation, this is just what I do. Well, yes, it's what you have done, but what you do in the future is also a choice. What you do moving forward is up to you. So when we start to look at it that way and recognize from a level of acceptance and love, patience and kindness, I can look at my behavior and choices and make a different choice because I, I deserve life that is different than what I am living. I deserve to have an experience that isn't wrought with like pain and frustration and anxiety and depression and sadness and grief. I bring up grief because the seven or five, there's two different versions, but they're similar. The last one is always acceptance. Grief is challenging because it is a reflection of loss and attachment and love a lot of times. Um, we have a hard time letting go and accepting the reality of that loss, whatever it is, be it a human being, be it a job, be it a, an idea or a goal, when we go through the process of grief, the best way to move forward is coming to a level of acceptance. I've worked with a lot of clients who were gung-ho about, I need to have this particular way of being. Um, and that's fine. Like, certainly got to figure out the goals of doing that. Sometimes we have to accept or surrender to the fact that that's not going to be our reality. That is such a hard thing for us to do. But if you can't get to the level of acceptance, you can't change it. And specific to grief, our lives, if we are doing it with intention and connection and love and attachment to whatever, we will go through grief. It is inevitable. And even grieving old versions of ourselves. As I have done the work of looking at all of my parts at the same time, um, you know, a lot of times we will say, God, I wish I could go back to this old version of me. Um, I just want to get back to who I was or whatever it is. Sometimes it's getting to the level of acceptance that who you were and who you are today cannot live in the same room because all of, all of the things that we have gone through is different. Like I have gone through so many different things that I could not go back to 35 year old me if I tried. Um, for a lot of reasons. And I love her, but I don't want to be her. I want to be me today, right now. And so I have to get to a level of acceptance of like, that was great. And it was a moment in time and I have to move forward. I am working every day on detachment and detachment and acceptance are, you know, they're cozy bedfellows. Um, 
when I, I do this with my hands and I, for those of you who are listening, um, coming to a place of acceptance is receiving what is happening, all of its parts at the same time, and not trying to hold on so tight to capture a moment in time. What we know to be true is time passes, things change. Those things are inevitable. Those are things we cannot control because, I mean, I can't be who I was yesterday. I can't be who I was a week ago, and I definitely can't be who I was a year ago. And none of us are, are that version of ourselves. We can only try to improve and be the best version of ourselves with the information we have today. Maya Angelou had said, you know, when you know better, you do better. I love that idea. Um, we can't unknow the things that we know. That was true for our trauma. That is true for our ancestral history. That is true for everything that's happened before now. All of that is information to give you the opportunity to be the best version of yourself, but you have to be accepting that that is a truth, right? I am accepting the fact that gravity works for a lot of reasons, not least of which is I have fallen down more than once. <laughs> gravity is a law of physics. I have to be accepting of that is the truth, right? I see people um, jumping on boxes. I uh, see people, you know, on skateboards and, and, and moving through and they catch air. It's amazing. I have flown across the planet in a plane and I have to come down. Like, that's just true. So gravity is a law. There are so many things that when you come to the place of acceptance, then you can move through it. Not until then. Uh, looking at the 12-step model of recovery, acceptance, accepting that you have a problem is probably one of the first steps. I don't know all the steps, but I, I'm pretty familiar with like, you have to accept that you have no control over the substance or whatever it is. Um, that is a really hard step, but it is the first step to change. When you can accept that this is your reality, as hard and difficult as it might be, there are a lot of other truths beyond that. And so when you can have someone who is beautiful and awesome, in my case, my accountability buddies, my really close friends, the people who see me love all my parts at the same time, um, then I know that that's true. They can reflect back to me, hey, these are the truths that I know to be true about you. And then I, with my kindness brain, my sweet loving self, I can say that's true. These are the things that I have gone through, that I have gotten over, that I have moved past, and, and I'm still working on it, right? But that level of acceptance and telling yourself the truth, super important. When you recognize that this situation no longer serves me, this relationship is not who or where I want to be, then I get to choose how I change it. I get to choose what I do to either improve or work on the relationship or improve and work on myself. I have consciously chosen to get out of things that no longer serve me. I have consciously chosen to choose me over the comfort of a situation or a relationship or a dynamic that no longer fits. And that has been challenging. It gives me a lot of anxiety and I have fear often when I do things and I do them anyway. I know that my clients have struggled with finances, have struggled with anxiety, have struggled with grief, have struggled with trauma. And what I know to be true is their resilience comes from their consciously accepting the situation and then choosing every day to make it better. And they do, they get better. That level of resilience is the thing that gives me hope every day 
to continue to do the work that I do. When I go into a workshop or you know a, a presentation and I talk about this is what codependency looks like and it, it clicks for them, then they get to choose how they set boundaries. They get to choose who gives, who gets access to their resources, the who, the what, the when, the where, the how much. They get to choose. And when they choose, that is a level of freedom. That is a level of autonomy. That is a level of agency to create change. But you have to accept the reality for what it is. A lot of times people don't know what codependency is. So they come to the workshop and they say, what is codependency? And then I define it for them based on my perspective, based on my clinical education, and you know, based on my experience working with clients. That's where all of this came from. And then I had to go inside myself and go, okay, I am still a recovering codependent. I still definitely have relapses. I definitely still think about, oh, I don't want people to feel blah, blah, blah thing. And then I recognize they're going to feel those things anyway. And I have to be accepting of that. People are going to be uncomfortable. It is important for us to be uncomfortable to then accept the reality and then make the choices to change. That is the biggest takeaway from all of the education that I do with other people and that I have done with myself is I have to come to the level of acceptance of like, this is a situation, it's uncomfortable, I don't like it, it doesn't fit anymore, and now I have to do something to change. I um, have talked about so many things in my personal life, my eating disorder, my relationships, um, my own level of anxiety and depression, all the things. I have to come to a level of acceptance that this is my experience. I am a human being having a human experience who just happens to really get excited about teaching other human beings how to do it differently. And so in doing so, I have to recognize that I am a human being out here sharing these things. I have to be the face of LX2 Codependency Coaching. <laughs> I have to be the face of a book that is this close to being done um, and then published. And it's very me-y. There's a lot of me in this book and that's okay. I have come to a level of acceptance that I really love the woman who's in that book. I really love the woman who is, you know, doing podcasts and sharing all this information and it's important and not every, I'm not for everyone like that. Absolutely. I know that that is true. Um, you know, I've gotten feedback in my uh, workshops that like people are uncomfortable. They don't like it. It's fine. You don't have to like it, but you do have to get to the place of acceptance that this is a reality. And once you do that, once you accept this is who I am and how I function. I don't like how this is working out. Then you can change it. But you have to get to that level of acceptance. You have to tell yourself the truth. And the truth is hard to hear. And so if you are not giving yourself that truth with kindness, you're not going to be accepting of it. I recognize that my brand of delivery is not for everyone. It is not supposed to be. But what I know to be true is if you're uncomfortable enough, you'll make the change. If you don't like the way your life is going, you have to choose to change it. But first, you have to accept that you have contributed, you have consciously chosen to participate in the life that you have. So accept that reality. Make some goals. Talk to some folks. Move forward. That is the only way to heal and grow. That is the only way to do this differently. My way is not the only way. If you need a softer, kinder, gentler therapist, find one. There are plenty of nice ladies out there. And men, they're nice humans. Um, but in order to make the change for you, find the person that works for you, tell them the truth, your truth, 
get an opportunity to hear a different perspective, make goals, changes every day. I am only the best version of myself today, not compared to anyone else, but compared to the version of me yesterday. I would love to go back to 20 for like a minute just to give her a hug and tell her it's okay and move forward. That's your nugget for today. I'm going to end the podcast. Uh, Workshop is on the 15th of July on Saturday at 10 in Albuquerque, Discovering Greatness. If you want me to come to your city, town situation, I will do that. I do plan on having one uh, in Santa Fe and one in Las Cruces. So we'll move out regionally and then we'll go from there. Um, So 15th, 10 a.m., reach out. You can uh, DM me here. You can reach out to me at lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com and I will talk to you next week. Take care. All right, we have ended the podcast and or the video. We are ending the podcast. Thank you so much to my friends in North Carolina, in Idaho, in Utah, in California, in Texas, um, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. You have always been there. Thank you so much. If you want me to come to your town, you're going to have to let me know. And the book will be done, hopefully, I mean, done, done, and then published. Um, but the goal is to, to set my uh, book tour based on where the podcast is. I will have a live podcast in whatever city I'm in and uh, do a reading and a signing. So let me know if, if you want me to come out to where you are. I would love to do that. I love to travel. I love to show up and uh, share all of these things. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.